Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. I am excited to talk to you about Nintendo, Stephen. Okay, I'm excited to hear and talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had, we pre-recorded the last couple episodes, so we were a little bit like behind the times, as it were. Uh, and since then, we've gotten a bunch of Nintendo updates, which are like our favorite shit to talk about on this show. Yeah, um, for real. Instead of like a big wholesome Nintendo Direct, wholesome. Instead of a big wholesome family Nintendo Direct, it kind of is. It yeah. feels like a, a it, it's like a mini holiday for us, at least. Yeah. Um, you're right. It's also uh, it, kind of like our day off because we don't have to play anything. So just we can just talk about what they. They're like, you know, Kirby has long legs now. We're like, okay, there's the episode. <laughs> That's twenty minutes. That's um, twenty minutes. Twenty minute Kirby legs. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Uh, oh yeah, so there were, there were a lot of there was a lot of speculation there was gonna be a Nintendo Direct, um, but instead what we have gotten since is uh, a direct that's just about Pokemon and another one that's just about Smash Brothers, the Smash Brothers. Uh, anyway, the Smash Brothers. So I think yeah. I think you wanted to start by talking about Smash Brothers. Um, yeah, and, and um, the new update that uh, they have just unveiled unto us. Right. It's worth pointing out we're also like not. I just love how this is the only news we ever talk about. Like it's just. And I, I was going to say, too, like, I was a little bit sad, like the bittersweet moment when Pokemon Sword and Shield came out was like, oh, man, like, I feel like we had so much fun just like following the development of that game. And like, yeah. really, like, just I feel like every update we got for that game was like finding a new tablet of a forgotten civilization. And being like, <laughs> Holy shit. Water yeah. was like it rained dry up sick. Yeah, um, it was Outer Wilds. It was it really was. <laughs> then the universe exploded. But um, yeah, so I'm glad that we're still getting that, and we'll talk more about that because that was a pretty big update, like both conceptually and with what they showed off. So I'm excited to talk about that. But to start things off. Um, let's they, get the small one out of the way. Let's get this. Let's get the small one out of the way. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Fire Joe Pesci on helium. Uh, anyway, yeah. So for those unaware, the Smash Brothers just confirmed their fifth and final fighter for this first wave of DLC characters. So it was announced somewhat recently that like they're going to continue adding characters to the game in future DLC season passes. You can buy them individually, uh, which is kind of cool. So if you just want certain characters, you can only, you only have to pay for them. But if you get the season pass, you get all of them. And it's, I think like is the better deal if you want all of them. Yeah. Um, uh, so they also confirmed that next season is going to be six fighters, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you said earlier, it's five real people and Waluigi. That's, what, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what you want. Not even just expecting. That is what I want. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I think they know, I think, especially Sakurai, I think he's very savvy at like what people want and are asking for. And the fact that the game has like already put in characters that were basically memes, yeah. I think is like evidence that Waluigi's not entirely cast out, but who knows? So the fifth and final character was revealed to be Byleth, the protagonist of Fire Emblem Three Houses. This was also introduced, Sakurai was like, no one here knows who this character is going to be. If you see this character, like if you see, once you see the trailer, you will immediately know who it is. And you might think, really? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and it opened to like the big like end of Act One moment of Three Houses, where the protagonist is like pulled into like a realm of eternal darkness. Mm-hmm. And I got really excited because I was like, oh my god! Like I I I got excited and also immediately knew that people were going to be upset because like there are now eight like actually eight Fire Emblem characters in a roster of seventy. Yeah. So like it's so interesting to now be on the team of like yes add more fire emblem characters because for so long of in my life every time a new smash brothers came out and had more fire emblem characters i was like oh do we really need this and now i'm like yes give me well so in in the cutscene, so this is like you should join smash brothers which was kind of funny and then she was like oh like too many sword characters huh and in that moment like i literally gasped because they showed the three legendary weapons that are wielded by claude edelgard and uh dimitri i almost said leon who's leon Uh, (laughs) leon s kennedy (laughs) yeah leon Leon s kennedy's fucking gun (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine if it opened with byleth and then they come back all beat up like too many sword characters then leon from resident (laughs) evil shows up it's my first day um (laughs) that would be a fun bait and switch but when they showed those... I thought that's what was going to happen. When they, when yeah. she was like, too many sword characters, huh? I guess we'll send somebody else in. And then I was expecting it to be fucking Waluigi or something. Was going to like well, amble into the realm of darkness with his weird, long, lanky legs. Yeah. When they said too many sword characters and then showed those weapons, I'm like, oh my God, are they adding like by, uh, Claude, Dimitri, and Edelgard as like echoes of each other? Yeah. That's what I was like really excited for. And then it turns out that like what is happening is you can play as as um, male or female Byleth and you have access to all those weapons so they're not just a sword character and like here's the thing i i get like wanting other games kind of represented on the on in the roster but i think if you're gonna highlight one fire emblem game it should be this one like i think this deserves to be like a place in smash brothers because even sakurai said at one point he's like this is called the fighting game but it's really more of just like a celebration of video games as a whole and like when you look at the roster of like joker from persona 5 banjo kazooie Terry Bogard, uh, hero from Dragon Quest and Byleth. Like that's an incredible like palette of like very different games. Like, yeah. There's kind of something for everyone there. And like if you showed me that like in the months we were like speculating, I would have laughed at you. I'm like, there's no fucking way. Like, what is this? It's like you know, Goku and like uh President Grover Cleveland, like whatever. Like, so I just think that, that I, I'm really happy that Three Houses has a place in the game. I'm really happy that like the music will be in the game. That's really cool. Yeah. Um and the stages I think look awesome. Like yeah. fighting around Garrick Mock looks amazing. It looks better in Smash Brothers than it does in Fire Emblem. <laughs> it really does. Um I I would I would be a little bit more with the people who are disappointed if this was like the last fighter. Like if this is like the last chance to yeah. add to the roster. But like we have six more. Like it's I I don't I truly don't think they're gonna add another Fire Emblem character, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think like they're not gonna like as much as I would want like to do or Bernadetta in the roster. That's not gonna happen <laughs> like right. season two. Uh, so I think it's cool. I'm excited, and um, I mean, like my phone blew up. Not to make it about me, but like everyone was like, "Are you excited?" I'm like, "Absolutely." Are you yeah. kidding? This is great. Yeah. Now yeah, my mains. I'm, I'm amped about it, man. I I I wanted somebody from Fire Emblem. Um, I mean, yeah. the three houses specifically to show up. Uh, so this this kind of rules. I do kind of wish it was the three house leaders, though. Me too. Um, that would be cool. Especially just because like Byleth does look so much like the other protagonists, which are also already in Smash Brothers. Like it would have been nice to have some kind of visual differentiation in in the characters that they're choosing from. Um, yeah. But you know, Byleth is fine. I mean, I if I had cool. to buy for one, I would have wanted Claude because like a bow character is kind of cool and like. 
you know, like I, they would just be again, like talk about like different representation in the roster. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I also just really love the visual of Dimitri, like eye patch and fur, like lunging at duck hunt going like kill every last one of them. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's really what my dream is. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped and I'm really excited to see what comes next. I think this is also like above all else, they've put so much love into this game initially and it's so routinely updated. Like I've been actually playing a lot more of it with some friends online. I, I should mention that, that like I'm getting back into smash and it's just so good. Like I, I really think this one is not going anywhere anytime soon. Like I yeah. think they really have committed to it. And I also, I, I don't really love the Mii fighter costumes, but I love that they come with music. So like I bought the Sans one, obviously I also bought, I'm going to buy the Cuphead one. I think I'm also going to buy the Cuphead one because that Cause music I love is so that good. track. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the flower boss music. And I think that's like a really fun, like I, I like the, the Mii costumes kind of being like honorable mentions, um, for yeah. the roster. Uh, Cuphead was something that I think you and I were were like theorizing would be in it. I was I was expecting more of a full fledged character because like what a cool stage that would be, but it would also probably require like a shit ton of yeah. work to have yeah. like a hand drawn interactive Smash stage. Yeah, it'd be incredible. Yeah, that that seems to be like me. Characters are are relegated to indie games, or sorry, the other way around. Indie games are relegated to me fighters at this point. Um, yeah, I'm just looking like at Undertale. our list of games of the decade, by the way. Um, and we are only missing two represented in Smash Brothers now. Um, we really? need a Souls. We need a Souls thing to show up, mm. uh, and we need uh, someone from Spelunky, which I could see when Spelunky Two comes out. Yeah, I could. I also like. Isn't there a Solaire amiibo? There is a Solaire amiibo. Yeah. I I really want Solaire to be an echo of We Trit uh, We We Fit Trainer. That's like oh my, my dream. god. Yeah. It'd be you perfect. know, <laughs> salute the sun. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm super pumped for Byleth to be in it. Now my mains are going to be Duck Hunt, Byleth, and King Dedede, which is like really an <laughs> evil trio, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't yeah. realize Duck Hunt was one of your mains. It's funny. Oh, I've gotten very good with Duck Hunt. Also right one now. of my mains. Mine right oh, now. Oh, really? Yeah. Zelda, Duck Hunt, and Piranha Plant. I love that. Yeah, that's a good. Prana Plant's really good. That Prana Plant's actually one of my favorites, and I would love to see something like that where we kind of get like a nondescript enemy from like Mario or Zelda yeah. as a character. Yeah, a Goomba. Like, yeah, right. I I kind of want. Like, I was talking to my friend Andy. Shout out if you're listening. I was talking to him about like wanting another Zelda character in the roster, but I don't know who it would be. You know, like who would like like as much as I would love Prince Sidon to show up. Like, I don't really see that happening. Yeah, I could see them though doing like just like a nondescript en- en- enemy or like a. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe Beetle will be in it. <laughs> that would be the best. Here's what Thank I will say, you. though. Honestly, like, if if you're right about um about Breath of the Wild two coming out this year potentially, yeah, and we now have another Fighters Pass of six characters that'll take another year and a half to come out. I wouldn't be surprised if like if all of that lines up that somebody from Breath of the Wild 2 shows up in the game. I would love another Zelda, because, I mean, there's three links. I feel like it'd be cool to have different Zeldas, you know? Yeah. Like, like I think Zelda in Breath of the Wild 2 has, like, a very different aesthetic with, like, her short hair and, and like, seemingly a more active role in the story. Yeah. I would also, because I'm a huge Windmaker fan, I would love to see, like, Toon Zelda, like mm-hmm. Tetra from the pirate ship. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. I just think, I'm trying to think of games that have yet to, like, be honored as much. Um, I would love, like, any of the, like, goofy-ass uh, FZ Zero characters to show up like the like there's Any one that's called one, like yeah. like the lizard in a race car it's like one of them it's uh-huh. like okay just add him i think samurai goro's a a uh, assist trophy yeah. um but yeah add dry bones add dry bowser i would i would be i would love king boo 
What if it's just like the second season fighting pass is just a bunch of bones that accumulate to big dry bones. Uh-huh. Like it's like I got his leg and his skull. Yeah, left leg, right leg, torso, left arm, right arm, skull. It's like what's that Yu-Gi-Oh card that's like that? It's um, like six oh my god, parts. it starts with an E. Let me look it up. Exodia? I think it's Exodia. Exodia yeah. is like left arm. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. Never got into Yu-Gi-Oh, but I did know that card. Exodia is an archetype of a dark spellcaster monster with its first member released in the legend of the blue blue eyes white dragon. Wow, I've not heard that name in quite a while. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Smash Brothers. We always like like kind of eye card game stuff and then immediately move on. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> add, add Yugi to Smash. Good lord. That would be um, kind of interesting though. Anyway. The other thing going. they announced after the Smash Direct uh via like a tweet which was weird um apparently if you're watching the uk version of the direct this was part of the direct but not for us in the us for some reason but they announced the like official dlc for three houses right after oh yeah yeah that's right there's a (laughs) there's a new house (laughs) okay do you want to tell us about the new house Stephen? (laughs) yeah um considering you're already laughing yeah it's i i have to say like this at least the way it was marketed is coming off way campier than I think the core game felt. Yeah. Um, it has some it has some of the camp of like earlier entries, but uh, this is like they're called the Ashen Wolves, first and foremost, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And there's like a it begins with actually a really cool animated cutscene of Byleth like in the Hogwarts mess hall. And someone's like, did you hear about the secret house? It's like in the gross basement that no one ever visits. <laughs> And then they go there, and there's, like, five... It's not as big as the other house. There's, like, four or five characters who are like, oh, hey, we're the Ashen Wolves, the Forgotten House. Yeah. <laughs> I just love, like, just introducing yourself that blunt. Like, oh, hey, no one knows who we are. We're in the basement. Um, <laughs> and they seem to be very, like... I would wager that there's something connected with them, with those who slither in the dark. Because, like, mm, yeah. they live underground, they're not recognized, and they're kind of, like, nihilistic. But seemingly more rootable than, like, that faction was. So I wonder, like, if there's some kind of connection there, or, like, if that storyline will deal with that at all. But they also call it a side story, so I don't know if it's going to have the same, like, three-act thing. Yeah, the, yeah, I don't original. think it's going to be, like, you can choose to lead uh, any of the three houses or the Ashen Wolves as, like, a full fourth house. I, I don't imagine it'll be like that, because yeah. I think even in one of the one of the cutscenes that they showed in the trailer, um, you were, like, with Claude and the Golden Deer when you went down there. So gotcha. I, I think you're still picking a house and then going down so, there. <laughs> so you're, like, you call Hilda and Claude and Jimmy, like, everyone, I found this dusty student in the basement. They're going to be joining our squad. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, life doesn't even matter. Oh, great! Uh, I'm I'm excited about it. Honestly, I mean, even Me if too. it is just like going and seeing what their story is and being able to recruit them and add them to to your own roster, like that's still exciting. No, I, th- I mean, like adding more characters that seemingly have their own supports is like that's that's the content that people want in this game. Yeah, you know. I mean, oddly enough, there's like a plethora of it that takes unthinkable hours to experience all of, but we still want more. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm like think... dying to get back to that game. I've just been waiting for this DLC to drop to do that. And it comes out, I think they said next.
next month, right? That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I needed to take a break after beating Golden Deer. So I was like, I've literally put in like 170 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I need to like step away. <laughs> but I still, I need to do the like alternate Black Eagles run. And um, I want to do like a return to Blue Lions. And ideally want to stream that, but I'm still working out my Switch equipment. So like expect that someday in the future. Ideally, I would love to share that experience with all of you. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I do like, I'm so torn between which house I love the most. I think I ultimately have to go with my first, but uh, mm-hmm. they're all great. They're all so good. They are great. Anyway, if I I'm could, excited about I, the Ashen Wolves uh, <laughs> because I don't know. They're purple. And that's my favorite color. And that's it. Yeah. I think um, uh, shout out to Kyle, our friend who said like the, oh, the color scheme is Turtles. now the Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's so good. It's perfect. Um, um, should we move on to Pokemon? Well, that does really work too because like, uh, anyway, I'm not going to keep talking about three houses, but I'm going to say Michelangelo. I'm trying desperately kinda, to not keep talking about three houses. <laughs> Michelangelo matches the energy of the Golden Deer. For sure. <laughs> okay. Um, that's what I wanted to say. Put that on my tombstone. Um, I was just thinking with Ash and Wolves are doing like, <laughs> I, I was, I was Googling taking back Sunday lyrics to be like part one, Ash and Wolves, your lipstick, whatever the lyrics yeah. are. <laughs> I know exactly what goes on. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I tweeted this, but just like having a, a house that's just like a goth nihilistic group of people who live in the basement is like way better than anything I could have dreamed about. Yeah, because like the the Black Eagles were that vibe, but they're actually just like the kids that are so rich they become emo. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, they're the they've kids never that like, their, like real hardship. Yeah, their granddad patented plastic bottles, and now they just like live in New York, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like I listen to Radiohead. That's the Black Eagles, but this is like mm-hmm. these are the kids that like that like play punk shows by the train tracks you know like yeah this is great yeah it's the real shit i'm excited about it they're fun yeah and there's that one guy who immediately took the world by storm who is not wearing a shirt but is wearing a bunch of chains under his (laughs) under his cloak (laughs) my favorite like jrpg aesthetic is like no shirt but accessories yeah like gladiolus kind of fits that role in ff15 where he's just like abs and like like a hint of a vest yeah exactly hell yeah um um, enough about all that. Let's move on to Pokemon because there's a lot going on. This is Worth, wild. This is like what, this. Yeah. I could not believe that they announced all of this. So this was like highly speculated, just like what it was. Like some people were considering that they were going to do like a a remake of the fourth generation. Yeah, because you know up until now the the usual trend is like they release a new generation, they release like a third game that's like some kind of expansion of the two, like a you know back in the day it was yellow and then it was crystal or emerald, uh, and then uh, ultra sun and ultra moon were the last two. Which like how do you top that? And the answer <laughs> is you don't because this time they're like you know what we're not gonna do like we're not just gonna make the game with like a few additions we're going to actually build on the game that we already put out which i think is such a good thing to do yeah um and because like smash brothers they're committed to keeping this game alive and like i it's worth noting like you and i love this game on launch we've kind of been like both advocates and defenders of sword and shield and you know i think most people who have actually played it are like in our camp too like it's like anything it's not without things to criticize but like it's a fantastic entry to the series yeah it really um, is 
And I think the wild area you and I both said was was like a testing bed for like making a more online centric Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. I expected that to be something that carried with them into the next game, but it looks like they're really trying to focus on that with these two updates. Uh, worth noting that the updates are two big expansion packs. One's coming out in June, and one is at the end of the year. Uh, the first one is the Isle of Armor, and the second one is the uh, Crown Tundra. Right? Yep. Is that yep. correct? Two completely new like maps new areas that are akin to the wild area where like it's gonna be you know uh they're gonna be like dens you can do raids in you're gonna see pokemon walking around like that changes during the time of day yeah and there's like tiny tiny regions with their own little mini stories right right and with them also come what is it 100 pokemon that they're adding into the game with each one some of them new and some of them old returning pokemon which is even wilder that they're like adding new pokemon in there yeah i mean like Again, like we talked a lot about the cuts that were made and like ultimately came to the conclusion that that is not a factor to detract the game or to like, it's not really when you play Sword and Shield, you're never like, huh, there aren't enough Pokemon. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how, like, they made those cuts to keep the game balanced and to make it more focused. And I think that absolutely paid off. But it is cool to see some old faces return. Like, I had Bulbasaur is back. I was very happy to see that <laughs> with, like, a new Gigantamax Venusaur form, which, like, so yeah, cool. Right. I'm sure eventually they'll throw Squirtle back in. So, like, you know, that that's just, like, more and more fodder of, like, how invested they are in this game. You know, they have these ridiculous Galarian versions of the legendary birds from Red and Blue. Like, I love, like with the rest of the internet, I love Galarian Articuno with, like, the sci-fi, like, lens, like the Cyclops yeah. goggles. So good. Yeah, and it just... It just looks like a blast. I was so blown away at how much they're adding to and how soon it's coming out because that just proves that they had this kind of plan for a while, you know? Like, from day one, I thought they planned on keeping this game around, and I think that's, like, a really important thing for a series that usually just follows the same, like, rinse, wash, repeat formula. Right. And it's enough for me to, like, really highlight this game above other entries in the past, the fact that they're continuing to support it. And the story, all we know is that there's, like, a dojo where you get uh, a new legendary named Cub Fu. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is a martial arts bear who evolves into like another just like human <laughs> like, much, just becomes yeah. like a human uh, with two different fighting forms I, I think I want to call it now I think that that evolution will be in Smash Brothers like without a doubt I think they will add that bear yeah, honestly um, like as soon as I saw Cub Fu I was like uh, that's gonna be in Smash yeah it's the new fighting type it's like the new Lucario it will be in, in Smash Brothers there's yeah. no way as much as I would love Love Disc to be in Smash Brothers I think it will be this bear yeah to be honest anyway <laughs> and you have a, a martial arts mentor named Mustard, which was like I think my favorite moment of the of the direct, where they're like, "Your mentor Mustard will guide you through this whole region." I'm like, "Okay, I'll, I'll trust this guy, I guess." <laughs> so that's cool. And then Crown Tundra, we know less about, but like both those updates just come with like two new wild areas, a ton of new Pokemon, a ton of new fashion accessories, which is really cool. Like I think. A lot of people were like, why can't I dress like Team Yale or, or Marnie or, you know, like now you can literally just dress your character up as Marnie or Chairman Rose or like anyone you've met. Yeah, which um, is great. So like they're taking they're taking constructive feedback. They're not folding to like, you know, the like toxic fan base, but they're adding stuff that people want to see. And I think that's really cool to, to yeah. witness. Yeah, uh, the big the big complaint that was online from what I saw was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're charging us thirty dollars for like this thing. Uh, uh, in, instead of like what they usually do and and I don't understand that complaint because the idea of like to this day 
I mentioned this on the show a lot. To this day, I still don't know the difference between Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon, which is an entire new game you have to buy for $40 to access content that I still have not had explained to me in a way that makes sense or is compelling. And you have to go through again. You have to start from scratch. Right, exactly. The idea that I can now pay like what is essentially a season pass for Pokemon and get that level of content or that amount of content just added onto the game that I've already finished is like significantly better than what Pokemon has ever done in the past. If the game if the game felt unfinished in any way, like if it felt like, wow, this is a really like half-assed experience, and then they were doing that, I would understand that complaint. But like right. there is no world in which that is the case. Like you play Sword and Shield, it could have stopped there and I still would love it equally. Yeah. This is just extra. And of course, like anything beyond what you already like experience should be charged. You know, like I think I think it's more than a fair price. I think it's also 30 for both of them, if not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. From what I understand it's 30 for both of them. They yeah. they had some like weird wording in that announcement for the pricing, but I think it ends up being 30 for both, which is cool. I think it also just represents Nintendo, like both with Pokemon and with Smash, it shows that Nintendo's like getting a little bit more savvy with how like online works and how you know yeah. like everyone else is handling games like this you know because right. like, ultimately everyone wants Pokemon to be more of like an online multiplayer experience and yeah. like while it certainly falls short in some areas with the you know like have the same four digit friend code as your friend at the same time as your friend mm-hmm. I've actually learned recently that there are some some people like have made codes that are associated with like one specific action so like if you want to trade for a ditto there's apparently like a black market for dittos that's a, that's a specific four digit code whoa that's really cool yeah I love that i love that that how that that has grown from the extension of that idea yeah but um wow like online battles are really seamless and like they reward you for doing those the wild area while imperfect is very fun and um i've heard from friends who had like a lot of ycom issues that they had been fixed in the recent patch so you know again they're invested in making it work yeah and i think cool. i think that like i'm excited to see where that goes yeah, I'm excited about this. Honestly, I was worried that it was going to be an announcement for a third game that I was going to yeah. have to go buy. Like, I didn't want to do that, honestly, because I haven't right. even finished the first one. And if they were going to announce a whole second or sorry, like whatever the third version of this was going to be fucking trebuchet or gun or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> I just I just didn't Crossbow. want that at all. Um, right. So th- this honestly, I think, is a better move. Not to say that I wasn't excited about the idea of Diamond and Pearl getting remade because I love those sure. games. But I was not expecting an announcement for a new Pokemon game that soon, personally. I'm, yeah. I'm, I would venture a guess that if that is to happen, it'll be next year at the earliest. Yeah, um, I think so. I think if I'm going to play a new game, it would be a remake of of uh, Diamond and Pearl or Black and White. I would like to see a second crack at both of those games. I feel like there's so much potential in both. Yeah. But like the original game fell a little short of like the Diamond and Pearl game, I feel like is the most dependent on like HMs. So like you have to have like a Pokemon devoted to having like Rock Smash and Surf and Cut. And like it just I feel like that game, like I, I joke about Badoof a lot and I feel like you see Badoof for like 88% of that game. Like yeah. you don't really see the, all the Pokemon until the very end. They did a much better job about like I think the first game that really did a great job about like varying the landscape with like what Pokemon you're seeing and when and why was X and Y and, and Sun and Moon and Sword and Shield really followed up on that, that yeah. design. But that doesn't mean that if they remade Diamond and Pearl that they wouldn't use those newer modern uh, Oh yeah, that, and that's what motifs. I mean. That's why I was yeah. excited to see like a second chance at Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. Um, I also like the bonsai tree turtle a lot. Yeah, me so. too. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. 
Huge get that Bidoof that. out of here. Get the get. I do want to see like a 3D animated Bidoof and go camping with them. That's my dream. <laughs> Maybe they're in the Bidoof. list of 200 that are coming back. I haven't. I haven't yeah. looked at the list. Also worth noting, uh, I've been playing a lot with friends, and I didn't realize you can go camping together and like talk to other trainers. It's yeah. very funny. It's great. Like the other trainers will be like, I have to say, your Bidoof is simply charming, uh-huh. <laughs> or you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I'll have to see if Bidoof is coming back in in the Crown Tundra. Otherwise, I'm writing a letter, dear. <laughs> Game Freak, Bidoof is my muse. Please bring him back. <laughs> I've loved Bidoof ever since Pokemon Khaki version. Please, if they, <laughs> please, please, please. If they put Bidoof back in, I'm gonna give him an Everstone and like really like EV train the fuck out of that Bidoof and like make the best Bidoof possible. Swole Bidoof. Like, yeah, not even like I'm not even gonna breathe. I'm gonna take the first one I get and just put them through hell. Like we're gonna make you the best. Uh, I'm imagining be a Bidoof with like a leather jacket and like a pompadour and like. <laughs> <laughs> a tattoo that says mom does he's just a tunnel snake yeah tunnel yeah, snakes I think, I think that's what i'm thinking of. tunnel bidoof's rule um yeah that's amazing yeah i'll name him snake there you go <laughs> yeah perfect anyway pokemon perfect uh looks great i'm excited for more updates me too it's gonna be awesome we'll definitely talk about it once it once it comes out and like it really does you know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see the weight of it once it's out. But it feel it feels like the most logical decision to follow up with Sword and Shield. Yeah, um, and I think it's I think it's good that they're not like that they're not scratching the game because of the overwhelmingly negative. I mean, that's the thing. The negative feedback was preemptive and unjustified. So like, I'm glad. But like, even still, it was so loud that I'm glad it didn't inform their decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah, and honestly, I don't I don't think that this inclusion of 200 more Pokemon is just because of this. Not at all. Because like it, it no. would take so long to model all of that stuff in the first place, but I I would venture to guess that it has more to do with the Pokemon Home service that they're trying to sell. Yeah, the fact that they they kind of need every Pokemon to be transferable between all of it for the value proposition of that service to even like exist at all. So I I could see everything making it into the game eventually for that reason. Also, like literally up all night dreaming about Galarian Slowking. I can't wait for <laughs> for that to happen. My team will just be Bidoof and Galarian Slowking. Did you get the Slowpoke that they added? No, I haven't yet. I should. Yeah, I, I haven't turned the game on. I want to I wanna meet the person with the cool uh, rainbow top hat. And I mean, is it cool? I don't know. They look cool in it. They're only in Shield, so you won't ever see them. Aren't they? No, I, th- I think they show up like now to like kind of promote the upcoming thing. I think you see the other person who's oh. the rival in Sword. Okay. Well, fuck me then. You, I'm not you playing snooze, it. I'm going to write a letter to Game Freak. <laughs> I wanted to meet the cool top hat rival and said, I'm not. Um, Should we move on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. I don't want to talk about this anymore if I can't meet the cool top hat person. I'm sorry. I mean, it burst your bubble. I mean, how do you think That's I feel That's all this podcast is, Steven. My bubble getting burst live on the air. I walk around with a pin in the backyard to. just popping your bubbles. <laughs> I'm like a young impidimp running around with a needle. Oh, finally, a nice spring day. I can't wait to go blow bubbles in my backyard. <laughs> Brendan the human doesn't know that me, a goblin, is running around with a pin. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. <laughs> I love the early part of spring when there's all mud. Mud, mud, mud. <laughs> Yummy. AJ, make the break noise. <laughs> all right, I'm going to get some more coffee. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Mud galore! Brendan, you've made a new bubble that I've yet to burst, and I want to I want to see it floating into the sky. Burst my bubble, Stephen. See a sort of warped reflection of the world around us in this self-contained <laughs> spherical prism.
Yeah, moving right past that, there was a big uh, <laughs> Nintendo Switch sale recently. Uh, there was just like a, a metric ton of games that were like really deeply discounted, like 50 to 75% off. I think it's over by the time this episode is coming out, unfortunately. But I bought a bunch of games. Did you buy any? Yeah, I, I picked up Nino no Kuni, which right. I've yet to play. I'm excited, though. Um, otherwise, I think that's it for Switch. There was also like a giant end-of-year PS4 sale that may still be going on. That was like real discounted. I got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, very so, cool. Yeah. Love love those sales. sales I, got, uh, I got three games for Switch. I got uh, the Lego Harry Potter collection, which I was like, this will be fun. It was $10. I was like, this will be fun. I turned it on. It was just awful and turned it off immediately. <laughs> oh, uh, no. I'm so sad. You were so excited. I know. I wanted... <laughs> my plan was to play through the whole game as Dobby the house elf because you can switch characters at will. Um, and that they didn't let me do that. And it was like, okay, well, what, what's the point then? Yeah. So anyway, uh, I bought that. I bought uh, Grease, finally. Yes. Which I started playing and, and is great. Uh, and I played Donut County, uh, another Annapurna joint, which I played. I think it was like $4. I played through the whole thing in like one sitting. Um, and it was great. Do you know anything about this game? Very little. It's been on my radar for a long time, but tell me all about it. Yeah. So you play as a raccoon named BK who owns a donut <laughs> store uh in this in this like little town um but like he has a very like warped idea of what a donut is so whenever somebody orders a donut what he actually does is he sends them this little hole that he uh, controls with a drone that is flying above their house uh and you can use that hole to suck up all the items that are like kind of lying on the ground and every time you suck up an item the hole gets a little bit bigger so imagine um even the developer says this so it's not like it's not like i'm just like kind of poking a hole in their concept but uh it, it's like the opposite of katamari where i was gonna say it Reminded me of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, unlike Katamari, there's it's kind of more um, in, instead of you rolling around trying to like just figure out the best path from place to place, which I think is what that game is kind of centered around, and just like seeing all the goofy shit. Donut County is a little bit more about puzzle elements, where like as you start to suck certain things into the hole, it will change the way the hole works. So, for example, like you can get um, you can like ingest a bonfire into the hole, and then the hole will be on fire, and then things that you drop into it will like you know morph depending on certain things so like if you if your hole is on fire and you're in like a cornfield it'll all turn into popcorn it'll like overflow oh out that's of the awesome hole, things like that so every level kind of has like a little twist like that like has a thing where you will uh suck something up in the hole and something will happen because of it um which is really fun so it's pretty much just these like little discrete levels where every single one is just you opening up a hole at somebody's house and just like annihilating their entire existence and sucking them into the hole and then they fall down <laughs> into the center of the earth um so every every level happens and then in between every level is a cutscene where everybody who lived in the town is sitting around a campfire just yelling at bk the raccoon like why the fuck did you do this and he's like i don't know what you're talking about i didn't do anything you ordered the donut i sent you the donut that's incredible <laughs> because he I doesn't that. understand that he did anything wrong it is like unbelievably cute like the the design of every character and the design of the world is so beautiful and 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 so adorable um which i think like it kind of needs to be considering you're like ruining people's lives like over and over yeah. and over and over again the game also has the the classic patented thing that you and i love of like literal like 
text speak like actual like uh sms like speech where like people will say lol all the time um and things <laughs> like that it is really really good i i loved it i had a really good time with it i have a hard time recommending it because it is so short but for the price i got it for that felt really good i think it's yeah. i think it's like five bucks on ios and i think it might actually be even better to play on ios like i played it on switch on my tv like i played it in docked mode with like a pro controller which was like maybe not the way to do it i think if you play it on switch it does have touch controls on switch so you can just oh cool do it that way um just dragging the hole around with your finger is like the best it's such a good feeling yeah i'm gonna say i might play that on my ipad my new ipad tm a yeah um sick it's really really great and and very funny and uh i highly recommend it it was also entirely made by one dude which is wild oh wow that's awesome yeah i definitely wish that that sounds really up my alley yeah it is sure. very up your alley <laughs> i promise you. i have a hard time recommending it it is extremely up your alley yeah. Stephen. um <laughs> well you know what i like yeah it's really yeah. it's really really good and i'm glad i finally played it i've been kind of putting it off for a really long time um yeah but i, I had such a good time with it annapurna is like we say this every episode after like February of 2019 but like every game they put out is so cool yeah I, I, I feel like we're just like the Annapurna collective at this point <laughs> <laughs> Annapurna and Pokemon news that kind of sums up the show I think yeah in a way yeah anyway um that sounds great I will definitely check that out maybe we can revisit it but uh it sounds like you kind of covered what we would say about it yeah yeah that's a that's the thing it's so short that there's not a lot to say about it besides it's good and you should play it maybe yeah well that's perfect for a break it's yeah. a good recommendation yeah um also just while we're here I, I will say like after our games of the decade episode i really wanted to revisit some games we talked about and i got ftl on my ipad and it's like the perfect way to play it like, yeah i would have if you have a tablet device uh play ftl on it it's the perfect format for that game it's so it is good so good yeah yeah and I've just been enjoying going back to it because that was like I mentioned in that that long episode that I like got real like I, I I beat the game on easy or normal and I had like a bunch of ships and then my I lost my save data when I got a new computer so I kind of never went back and I've been enjoying like restarting yeah and, and totally. kind of getting everything back again yeah cool cool bye <laughs> 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 I mentioned that uh, I I just watched House of the Castle for like the millionth time, but my favorite line of dialogue is when Sophie rescues the scarecrow, and she's like, "Your head's a turnip." I've always hated turnips ever since I was little, but at least you're not upside down anymore. So long. <laughs> I've just started saying that when I leave the house now, like when I leave <laughs> friends' houses, and like, oh, I hate this bit you've made with yourself. Yeah. So long. So long. Go find a field and stand in it. So long. Okay, so uh, here's my surprise game. Um, wow, it's just happening. I will okay. say it's happening. I haven't even yeah, buckled so, my seatbelt yet. Uh, this is part of a personal quest I've given myself. Um, oh. And yeah, so uh, so I will say, just to give you a setup, I have been trying to... The conceit of Into the Aether is we we will talk about games we are enjoying in some way, or at least that we'll have like a fun conversation about. But on top of that, I have given myself a personal mission to experience, not not necessarily beat if I don't feel super compelled to, and that's like a huge tall order to do with this series. But I want to experience and talk about every Final Fantasy game on this show mm -hmm. uh, over time. And so today I bring to the table, uh, in the spirit of Into the Aether, Final Fantasy X-2, uh, right. the sequel to Final Fantasy X. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I got this game. I knew your reaction was going to be, okay, whatever, cool. I 
Got this game because uh, talk about talk about a good discount. I picked up for the PS4 the Final Fantasy X remaster. Yeah, that was like I think it was on sale for like less than twenty at one point, and it came with Final Fantasy X too. Yeah, that was in um, the in the weird um, glorious period of time where they had cross buy between PS4 and Vita. So I got it yeah. on Vita, which automatically unlocked on my PS4. So I also have it. Oh, great! Have you played it or no? Uh, no, I just played it on Vita, or I played ten on Vita, but not ten two. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I thought it'd be fun to bring up because this is kind of a, it's an entry in the series that like overall did well, but like a lot of people like really kind of throw shade on and like, why is that? Like, well, I I think there's a lot of reasons, like some valid and some really unfortunate, but, uh, so this is worth pointing out for those, um, those unfamiliar with the series, uh, buckle up and let me explain uh, some Final Fantasy lore to you. Okay, now I'll buckle up. (laughs) <laughs> my ideal vibe for this show is to have the Q's Marsh song from Final Fantasy IX play whenever I bring up Final Fantasy like I'm Mog explaining everything mm-hmm. uh, every world has its own story and even though they share the same title they're actually their own fictional take on a shared, you know, pool of shared elements um, but it's worth noting like every Final Fantasy is a completely different story Ten um, Two marked the first time that Square made a direct sequel to a Final Fantasy so Ten yeah. Two. Uh, and that's, I think people just joked about the numbering of it. It's like, okay, really? 10-2? Like, what does this mean? You know? Yeah. If you don't know that, it sounds ridiculous. But now we live in a world where there's Kingdom Hearts 352 days over <laughs> 6 or whatever it is. The only other Final Fantasy that has had a direct sequel was 13. Uh, 13-2 exists. And Lightning Returns is technically 13-3. I haven't played any of the 13s. That's also, like, high on my list because... That was another kind of divisive one, and I'm I'm curious to see where I'll fall on it. Uh, and I think the thing about Final Fantasy is that it means so many different things, like inherently to different fans. That like, if you prefer the sort of like one through six classic style, you might not like the seven through nine era as much as like the ten and beyond era. Yeah. Um, and then like there's twelve, which is sort of more in line with like the tactics vibe. So, like, there's kind of something for everyone, but because of that, no one's, like, ever fully happy with one. Except for the Glorious Day 7 came out, and everyone was like, yes, this is good. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's worth touching on 10, and I wouldn't mind because I know that's, like, the one you have put the most time into. Other than now 7, after after mm-hmm. you after you made my life by playing it. Um, 10 10 was a pretty huge deal. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I don't have the numbers of, like, which sold the most, but 10 was the the first Final Fantasy on PS2. Um, it was the first Final Fantasy and one of the first games with voice acting, um, which, woof, has not aged well. No. But at the time, it was, like, really exciting and very cinematic. And um, 10, 10 was a lot of people's gateway into Final Fantasy. This was around the same time. The first, Final Fantasy 10 came out around the same time as Kingdom Hearts 1. So I always kind of lump the two together where I feel like yeah. the PS2 era of Final Fantasy and Square began with Kingdom Hearts 1 and, and Final Fantasy 10. Mm-hmm. I like 10 a lot. I would love to talk about 10 again with you if we both wanted to like start a new game in it. Um, yeah, I think I, I definitely li- would because I, I found it so accessible in a way that I never had with Final Fantasy before. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely check it out again. Things worth highlighting about 10. I really love the world of 10. Like I think that has one of my favorite like 
settings. Like it, it's a very um I think it was based off of of more regions in Southeast Asia, so like kind of a step away from the more like European settings of earlier Final Fantasy games. Yeah. And this idea that like there's a giant whale named Sin that like destroys the world every so often. Yeah. Um and the whole society and it's worth pointing this out because I think really interesting going into Ten Two with this in mind. The plot of Ten is basically centered around Yuna, who is this young summoner and the whole world is very religious. Everyone knows sin exists. It's not like a rumor or anything like people right. are very aware of it and there's this whole religion centered around the idea that like every x number of years a young summoner will make their pilgrimage to uh gather all these aeons which are summons like bahamut and ifrit and all that love the way ten does summons too like you can actually control them as a party member so fucking cool yeah. uh, that's like the way to do it and uh the summoner at their end of their pilgrimage will get the final aeon which temporarily defeats sin and then they enter a period called like the calm or something where like for 10 years or so like they don't have to worry about sin until they inevitably come back that's a really interesting framing device i think and like the whole party is based around that like titus is the main character and he kind of sucks and like he's constantly saying this is my story i'm like i think it's yuna's uh (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's yuna's but uh yuna Everyone in the party is like a bodyguard for Yuna as she goes through, which is ironic because Yuna's probably the most powerful character in the game. She can summon Ifrit mm-hmm. and like, right. you know, anyway. Some great characters too. I really liked Arin a lot. That's not a hot take. He's like one of the most beloved Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. Um, and like just the the whole ensemble, like there, there are some weak links, but like I really, I, I like 10 a lot. I think it has its critics, but I think it was like a really worthy addition in, in the, in the series and it does its own thing. Well, not to mention we're both big Blitzball fans. I was so just like, about to say it, the inclusion yeah. of Blitzball was just like <laughs> so fucking out there um, that I couldn't help but get fully invested yeah. in it as soon as it thrust me into a game. Yeah. So 10 was popular enough that they made a sequel a couple years later. Yeah. Um, it's just like to just my own personal life anecdote uh, pin on this board is like 10 came out and I suddenly realized how many of my friends were Final Fantasy fans. And I just I had no idea that this was all happening in the background. But like whenever yeah. I went to people's houses, they were always like 35 hours into Final Fantasy 10. <laughs> like, what the f- Where did everybody learn about this? 10 also marked the time that like I, I, I feel like it was like it just became more of like a mainstream series yeah like you know i think and i think in a good way like i feel i mean seven marked that for sure but like in our lives or around the same age like that was like i think i was 13 when 10 came out no 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 i was like 11 when 13 went god so many numbers i was 11 when 10 came out. i was 11 too when <laughs> final fantasy 10 came out why was that so good? Um, <laughs> I was twelve. I was I was twelve point nine prologue when uh, when Final Fantasy thirteen came out. Yeah. So uh, so ten two comes out and it is marketed in a way that is like extremely different than ten. It's worth noting, like so in ten two, uh, it now centers around Yuna as the main character, no longer Titus saying right. this is my story. Yuna's the star, and uh, two other women, Riku from Ten and uh, a newcomer named Pain with an E. Perfect. And it's worth pointing out, like how the marketing in this game, at least like for me, like kind of made me like hesitant to buy it. Um, like I think it was a really exciting moment to see like an all female cast, but like it was just so immediately and tremendously sexualized, like from go, like. Mm-hmm 
a lot of the I mean this is this is 2003 not to not to condone it for the year but like I feel like every promotional ad was like Yuna with guns and like a very revealing outfit and like mm-hmm. it was just sort of like what I was not that like that's inherently bad but it just the marketing made it feel like is this an actual sequel or is this like dead or alive volleyball final fantasy you know what i mean right and it's a shame because now that i'm actually playing it like it very much is a sequel and worth checking out Um, i just wanted to touch on that because i feel like that also i think kind of made it divisive amongst fans because they're like what direction is the series going in you know yeah and you know i think so i just wanted to kind of touch on that but uh and that's also like there's a lot of like kind of gazy shit in the game that's kind of gross and like that's that was sort of my hesitation to like go into it but i also wanted to play it because i feel like a lot of people probably wrote it off for like very sexist reasons you know so like i just wanted to experience it for myself yeah and i have to say so the game begins with a pop concert it's amazing it just it just like the final fantasy 10 begins with the destruction of a city and like, <laughs> is falling through a wormhole and this game begins with like yuna just doing like a great performance um That's awesome but it also introduces Riku and Pain as like her bodyguards. Kind of, I mean, some similarities, you know, inherently, but like, um, not unlike kind of a Final Fantasy 15 ensemble where it's centered around one person and they have their bodyguards like as their, you know, extension of their story. Yeah. And from Go, like the game, the game's tone and the game's like campiness is like really refreshing. Like, I really, I really love that. The way they introduce the three characters with like title cards with their name, they actually call themselves uh, YPR or YRP or something. Mm. It's very like Charlie's Angels esque, yeah. which like that stuff really works for me. And like I find it as a as a longtime Final Fantasy fan, I find it refreshing to take that approach to the series. You know, I think it's like if I am this like young summoner who's destined to save the world, who does save the world. What am I up to now? Like I am in Charlie's Angels, and like that's amazing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> you know? that sounds awesome. And I think I think what I'm really enjoying about Ten Two overall, I'm enjoying it. I ha- I have some caveats, but like I think it's if you like the series and you liked Ten, it's definitely worth checking out. I think it does some stuff mechanically and thematically that's kind of cool. It's not without its very 2003 stuff in all areas, uh, but um, I'll get into what I'm enjoying first. Um, unless you want me to clear up anything before I get more no, into No, 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 keep going. So, um, yeah, so the intro is great with, like, just the oddly almost Persona-esque soundtrack, too. Like, it's not quite as catchy Which or persona? good. Um, I guess all. Like, five. Yeah. Like, it has that kind of, like, heisty vibe to it. Yeah. But uh, the setup is that Yuna has saved the world, and since then, she is a sphere hunter with Riku and Pain on this on this airship that's full of, like, kind of, like, Star Wars-esque misfits. So... Some familiar characters like Riku's brother and um, a few other Albed, which is like a faction of people that in the events of 10, it's like illegal to use machinery and like modern technology. But there's one faction that does and they're called the Albed. So that's like who you're with at the start of 10 spheres are these like magical objects that contain memories. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really just an interesting framing device to set up a sequel with like you just hunting for memories um, and like uh, experiencing the setting of 10 after you've saved it is what I'm really enjoying in kind of like almost a, a meta way. Yeah, that is cool. But like, you know, I, I, I can see why this is kind of jarring when it came out because it is such a different tone. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot lighter. It's a lot more self-aware, which like I think pays off. I mean, like 
one of the most interesting mechanics is in the middle of battle, you can change what class the characters are. So there's like a very Sailor Moon-esque like transformation mm. of like what their class is. And there's like a cutscene of like, like if they're a thief, it's like a full moon and they like jump in front of it and, and show up. That's awesome. But like when Riku reclasses to a white mage, she's like, here's some like unibrand white magic coming for you. I'm like, I love that kind of stuff yeah. a lot. You know, like where it's very self-aware and... um and just fun like the battle system I, I will point out like 10 I think has some of the best combat in Final Fantasy like it's super strategic super turn based I think is a big influence on games like Octopath Traveler where it forecasts the turn order so you can really think like three steps ahead of what you want to do Yeah. this game is not turn based it's it's, it's ATB which I normally oh, wow. don't I normally don't like ATB over like I feel like it sometimes feels like you're getting the worst of real time and turn based yeah. but this game is super fun because there's a lot of cool stuff to do with timing and like the ability to change classes on the fly and the ability to do like chain combos together it's a very fast game like in all areas in addition to how the battle system works which i really enjoy the plot is mission based so rather than doing like a a plot with side quests along the way like you can just kind of choose to go wherever and there might be missions there that will like focus on a different aspect of the story yeah so i think like uh, one mission i did recently was i went back to besaid and like met up with waka and he and lulu are like having a baby which is kind of fun oh, to wow. see like, what those characters yeah. are up to yeah and like it's weird because i feel like there's this strange kind of sense of like existential dread that hangs over this world because like you save the world and everyone like really admires you for doing that but that world was so closely tied to religion and sin that like there are a lot of places that don't really know like what to do now they're just like <laughs> our whole reason for existing for living is kind of gone and like not that we're not grateful but like it's just like we don't know like what to do now. So some people are also sphere hunters. Some people are just like hanging out. My favorite moment that I was really impressed by was you go back to Xanarkand, which is like the title screen of FF10. It's like everyone around the fireplace and the ruins of Xanarkand and Titus recounting the majority of the story. Yeah. That area is now a tourist attraction. And Yuna <laughs> is like, I never wanted anyone else to be here. Like this place means so much to me. And the fact that people are like taking pictures here yeah. and like, like that to me is such an interesting take on, on just being a sequel. And I think you would enjoy that because I think you often gravitate towards media that's like, interested in the idea of being a sequel. Yeah, totally. What does that look like? And I think I think just mechanically having a Final Fantasy that is completely non-linear and mission-based on top of the ability to like kind of like Octopath or Final Fantasy V to have this really fun job system where you can just change classes on the fly. Mm. Um, that stuff I really like. There, there, there's a lot of hit or miss dialogue and, and hit or miss voice acting and like there's some moments in the game where like like the random encounter rate is really high and you know you have to go to save points to save and there was one area I was in where it was just so dark I just like couldn't see for some reason <laughs> like there's this weird stuff like that mm -hmm. but I'm really enjoying it I, I I don't think it's I don't think I would say to check this one out first like if you haven't played Final Fantasy I think the reason I'm enjoying it is sort of like how it exists by contrast to other Final Fantasy games right and I do hope there like. Something that I, I, I had the same like preconceived like points of tension with this game and Final Fantasy 15, which was interesting. Where like with 15, I was like, four dudes in a car, like this is not what I want from the game. Like this is such a step backwards. And then playing it, and I'm like, I really love these relationships. And I love the like downtime between characters. Yeah. Um, with this game, I saw it and I was like, this feels like kind of gross fan service. 
you know, and like there's still elements of that, but I really I hope I see more of downtime between these three characters. I really like how they play off each other. Yeah. It's not perfect, but like I think the archetypes work and I think that like it's fun to see how what Yuna and Riku are up to after saving the world. I think that's like a really interesting framing device. Yeah. And like I just enjoy the tone a lot. Like I really enjoy the campiness and I really enjoy like the positivity of like just wanting to continue doing good after after saving an entire place. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I, that I will, is re- it sounds really fascinating, honestly. Yeah, I th- I think you would I think I would recommend you check it out at least for a little bit after beating ten. It's so different from ten. I think that was kind of a common critique. Is like if you're a big fan of ten, I don't know if you're gonna inherently like ten too because it is so different. Yeah. But like, I don't know how I feel I, about going back to ATB. Honestly, that's kind of a bummer but it's honestly like it's so fast and so like like i love the strategy of like oh shit the urgency in which i have to switch to a different class to do an ability then switch back Mm -hmm. is really engaging i agree i i prefer like either the turn-based strategicness of 10 or the real time of 15 this is kind of in a weird middle era but like it's the best version of atb i've experienced for better or for worse Okay. Or whatever that means to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, ten two. I'm glad I checked it out. It's definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of the series. And uh I'm excited to see more games that like I feel like were like unfairly written off in that way. Yeah. Um it's it's good. It's a good game. My favorite mission, I think, is like the beginning. The person you know who's singing on stage is actually an imposter and you go after her and like expose her with her weird like Power Rangers esque sidekicks. Very bulk and skull energy. But anyway, um, so like you, the the game begins with you like taking on this imposter essentially, and then a later mission is like just what Yuna was up to in the interim. So like while her imposter was on stage, she was just dressed as a Moogle handing out balloons, and like that's amazing to me. I love I love like yeah. very silly stuff like that. I I kind of like well I think the complete package is not without its flaws. I think that the things I would like to see kind of incorporated in the next Final Fantasy games are like. This idea of changing classes on the fly, the non-linear story structure, and the sort of like the 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 boldness is to take an approach that like isn't without its dramatic weight, but is like very self-aware and fun and like lighter in tone. I think sometimes the later Final Fantasies took themselves way too seriously and kind of became inadvertent parodies because of that. Whereas yeah. this game is like it feels like a homage and a satire at the same time, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That does sound cool. Yeah. 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 Ten two. Good. Good video game. I'm definitely interested in it. I I it just bones me out that I'm gonna have to play all of ten before I could even like check that out in earnest, you know. But <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you have to play all of ten if you don't want to. I think like there's enough like if you just like, go into ten two knowing what happened in ten, you'll be fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. ten does have kind of like a very like not to spoil it, but like the <laughs> the twists in the last act are like what <laughs> we we didn't need this, <laughs> but overall it's a good story. Yeah, cool. That's all I got. You want to wrap up? Yeah, yeah. Let's wrap up. Um, thanks to everybody who uh, listened to the show, uh, who continues to listen to the show. Uh, it's just the best. It's so cool. Um, if you want to support the show in any way, we have a Twitter account at into the cast we have a twitch account that's also into the cast uh we have a discord that you can join by going to bit.ly slash twg discord and you can join there um we also have a patreon that you can head over to patreon.com slash into the cast and support uh we currently have three tiers that may change soon um but uh just a heads up that they do exist currently uh just want to give a shout out to everybody who uh has donated so far 
uh, Akira, Alex, Andrew, D, the other Andrew D, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, David, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Connor, Kieran, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, Murray, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Robert, Salute Peasy, Scout, Spencer, and Trevor. Uh, thank you to all of you for backing the show. It's very cool. Thank you. A lot of new names. Yeah, kind of wild. Um, also, if you uh, want to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Uh, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and write a little review. That'd be uh, pretty rad. Uh, we got one recently. Thank you to whoever wrote that. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about? I think we have a bonus episode coming soon, hopefully. Yeah, we have a bonus episode about uh, Titanfall that's coming out soon. Uh, that'll be fun. And um we also, I don't know if you highlight this, we have a Twitch account, uh, also Enter mm-hmm. the Cast, where we've been streaming a little bit more these days, which has kind of been enjoyable. It has been fun. What has kind of been enjoyable? I need to work on my phrasing. <laughs> anyway, that exists. Uh, but yeah, I just second everything you said. We really appreciate the support. And um, uh, in terms of the Patreon, in terms of the bonus stuff, like that is something that we started doing like towards the end of last year based on listener feedback. And like, I think I could speak on behalf of both of us that we've really enjoyed the like, the new format of doing these bonuses and like kind of experimenting with the formula of the show and like how we cover things and what we talk about. If you have any ideas, like what you think would be cool or even just like games you think would be fun to be covered. Like we're always listening. You can let us know. You can message us on Twitter or uh, you can email us at into the aether podcast at gmail.com. Um, just to encourage any feedback you have, because like we're open to doing new and exciting yeah, things. Absolutely. Um, cool. Well, all that said, my name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a wonderful day. Have a good day, everyone. Goodbye. Please. (laughs) Please have a good day. (laughs) See ya. Go find a field and stand in it. So long. So long. Garbage dot online.